Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Zach Varela. 16 years of career experience. Currently an engineer with the fire department in the Denver metro area for 12 of those years. Zach is an engineer who will never promote. Not because he can't, but because he believes that the engineer plays a significant key role in making sure the crew remains uniformed and intact. To Zach, there's no greater position within the fire service than the individual that gets to wheel the crews to and from emergencies. As Zach states, I'm just a ghetto fireman. With that, I present Mr. Zach Varela. Zach Varela, I am an engineer at East Metro Fire Department. How did I get into the fire service? It sounds a little corny, campy, whatever you want to call it. Um, 9-11 got me into the fire service. Um, I was working in a marketing job in sports marketing um you know got up for work just like everybody else and saw the towers fall and that was a a defining moment in my life you know as men as we grow up there's a point that you can look to uh in your life where you stop being a boy and you become a man for me it was 9-11 it i had to do some soul searching and and i looked at what I was doing with my life, working in an office. I was certainly physically uh, capable of doing anything I wanted to do. I was mentally capable of doing anything that I wanted to do. But after 9-11, I saw all these people sacrificing, you know, obviously the, the men at the, at ground zero when the towers fell. um, And then everyone that, fought in the Middle East afterwards, it just made me realize that I could do more mm-hmm. with myself. So long story short, I joined the fire department. That's where I felt I could make, where I could put my skills to use and to help people. That's really why I got into the fire service. Um, you know, before that, up until I was about 19, I thought I was going to play strong safety for the New York Giants. <laughs> realized they sucked at football so it's uh you know <laughs> right right that's the foot or that's how i got into the fire service okay I don't, yeah okay mm-hmm. all right i mean there's no greater uh, i mean unfortunately it was a terrible event but a lot of i think a lot of guys after 9-11 either went straight into the armed forces or joined the fire department for sure yeah and i did my brother is a cop um, and after nine 11, I, I said, you know what? I'm enlisting. And my, he's my younger brother. My younger brother told me, he said, dude, just pump the brakes for a second. Think about what you're doing. You got a wife, you've got kids, you know, and I was 30 years old when that happened. Um, they did not sign on for that. Take a beat, maybe take a year, explore some options, see what you're good at. Um, and I, I did some ride alongs with him as a mm-hmm. cop to see, if I like that, dude, I don't, that, that job sucks. I didn't want to do that at all. <laughs> you know? um, we, we ran on a guy who had just had a, an altercation with his wife and he was pissed off and, you know, he smashed her windshield of her car as he's leaving, you know, smashed the windshield of the 
of her car. And he had to go to jail for that. And when we went to pick him up, you know, the guy is obviously upset. He's crying. Don't take me to jail, all that. And really, I'm like, man, you don't need you don't need to go to jail. You need a hug, little buddy, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when my brother said, dude, you're not you can't be a cop. You should be a firefighter. <laughs> so that's when I, you know, that's that's how I got turned on to the job. OK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. OK. All right. Um, so what would you say the culture is like within the four walls of your firehouse? Four walls of my firehouse? Of your firehouse. I am I am truly blessed in the four walls of my firehouse. We are on a we are in the core of our city. Mm -hmm. Um and our city is not a very nice city. <laughs> you know? Um, it is mostly it's a very ethnic and socio-diverse and economically diverse city um, with a lot of people that live below the average income. Okay. So the guys at my station are hard chargers, aggressive, intelligent, competent, excited guys to be on the job. Um, and there's some super senior guys there. Um, but I, I, I have no complaints about the firehouse I'm at. I really don't. And most of the, the other firehouses around us are the same way. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, it, it, it's not, it doesn't take a whole lot to, to, uh, get those guys to train, to get those guys to practice. Um, sometimes when we're looking inside, you know, when we're looking at ourselves, we feel like, oh man, we're getting lazy. We're getting complacent. We need to step it up. But people on the outside looking in, they're like, nah, no, nah, you guys are kicking ass. So, and I'm not just stroking myself off or the guys I work with. It truly is that. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Um, now you stated before we started recording that you just came off of shift and you had 20, at least 20 runs. Is that typical for your firehouse? So my firehouse 20 in a day is what we would consider on the high end, but 15 is certainly closer to the average. 15 um, a day. Yeah. And that's a 24 hour shift. And, you know, just, just two miles away at, at, at our neighboring station, they absolutely run 20 a day. Okay. 20. Yeah. They actually are the, one of the busiest rigs in the, in the nation. Okay. Okay. So, um, is it just an engine at your, at your house? We have an engine, we have a ladder, we have a chief, we have a heavy rescue, we have a, uh, collapse rig and we've got a Zodiac boat. Okay. So I'm assuming the engine, the ladder and the heavy rescue are all staffed. The engine and the ladder are full-time staffed. If we need the heavy, typically the ladder guys take the ladder and then the engine guys bounce over to the heavy and we take the heavy with us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we are the technical rescue team. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, it, it it's just a testament because you're not the first person I that I've interviewed. You know, that's on a busy company, but mm -hmm. it's always from my uh standpoint of view, it's always the busy companies that are always dialed in, always make time for training to train and it's always the cleanest firehouse. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I would agree with that. Our firehouse actually isn't that clean. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, you know, we're always arguing with other shifts about who's who's supposed to be cleaning and who isn't. And we could certainly step up that uh, aspect of it. But quite frankly, most of us feel like there are so many other things that we could be doing. Mm-hmm. Other making sure that the firehouse is totally dialed in. Our our equipment is is fucking tits, dude. You know, okay. but the toilets, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we get a proby at the station, yeah, the toilets are clean. But if we don't have a proby, then we could probably stand to clean more toilets. But okay, just not high on our priority list. Right, right. Us, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. That's just the way. It, yeah, no, no. I mean, you, you yeah. gotta you gotta find the balance, obviously. But it's it the 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 main the the main goal and the focus is when that when those tones drop or when your bell goes off. Yeah, it's it, it's a light switch, and and you guys are out the door. Yeah, and I think to your point about the busiest stations, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody. I choose those stations on purpose, right? Okay. And I'm looking at my, I'm in my middle fifties now, and uh, if I were to go to a slower station, I absolutely know that I would turn into a fat piece of shit. I would. I would turn into a slug. I would get complacent. I would, I would just slow down. And I do not want to live my entire career that way. I don't, I want to, I want to be in the mix until I fucking retire. You know, I don't want to go to a slower station. It'll make me soft. I'll lose my edge. I'll probably become a nicer guy. You know, my wife will probably like me a little bit more, but I'm not ready for that, man. You know, when I shut it down, I'm going to shut it down. I'm not going to do it on the job. Okay. Unless, unless I get injured or something else catastrophic happens, I fully believe I can do this job to the best of my ability. It's the best that it can be done until I'm 65. You okay. know, some guys think I'm fucking crazy for that, but dude, I don't know what else I would do. You know, if I retired sooner, I'd be, Wander around my house, chewing on the furniture, shitting on the floor. I mean, I would just, I need something to do. So, and the fire department suits that need for me, man. You know, so. Uh, how much longer do you have? Uh, man, I think, man, I think I could get, let's see. I got to do the math real quick. I'll bet you I could get 13 more years. Okay. 13, 14, 15. I don't know. And if I, if I maybe did. If I went out to training at the end of my career, I might be able to last longer. Mm-hmm. Now I say that if my old lady, my wife, uh, were to retire, I would retire then. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna retire while she's still working. Okay. That would suck, man. Okay. She's what getting if- up. Every, she gets up every morning, and I don't have to go to work, and she's nagging me the whole time. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> With the. Well, uh- um, with your, with the time you have remaining left on the job, do mm-hmm. you see yourself promoting the company officer or no? Oh, absolutely. No. no, I am. I am where I need to be. I am where the fire department needs me. Okay. Here it is. And man, you want to talk about engineers? We can do that for hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, what? While, while we're here, let's do it. So give me your, your take on it. Yeah, I believe that the the engineer position is 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 crucial, man, to 
to the success of a crew. And a lot of guys either use it as a stepping stone to get on to the next rank, lieutenant, captain, whatever it is. Um, and some guys use it to retire early to add, you know, 10, 15 years to their job. Um, and I just, you know, the engineer in the front seat, man, we are that officer's right-hand man, actually left-hand man. But, and I think guys don't take that seriously anymore. You're you know? right. When, when, when we were coming up, who was the guy that basically was the glue for the crew? It was the engineer, you know, cause he'd been there, you know, a long time. Sometimes he's the most senior guy on the crew mm-hmm. and he, he may not be the youngest guy, certainly not the youngest guy. Um, he may not be the most athletic guy, the strongest guy, but he knows some shit and he can certainly make everybody around him better and maybe even keep guys in line. Um, and I just don't think they take that job seriously. Um, I, in my department, I promoted the engineer and then we all have to be paramedics as well. Okay. I promoted promoted to engineer and then they sent me to p school so i was doing paramedic stuff for a year until i got to drive a rig again okay. the first day that i got signed off as a medic they put me back in my engineer spot and that day we dropped a fire and that day that fire went south you know we pulled up we had black smoke rolling over the back of the house into the front yard it was a 90 degree day it was a, you know, 35 mile an hour plus winds. And this house is rocking. And we made some decisions. I made some decisions. I didn't get a water source. Uh, I thought we could put it out with tank water. Uh, guys went inside. They, they tried to fight this fire with the water I was sending them. It wasn't enough. The hose line burned through. It flashed. We burned two guys. One of them we thought was dead. You know, and the whole time I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, man, I just killed these fuckers, you know, because I couldn't get water to these guys because I wasn't I hadn't taken the job seriously. And that day right there is when I realized, you know, as an engineer, you can fucking hide out, man. You can hide out for a year, 10 years, whatever. But the day when that day shows up and you aren't ready for it, you're going to fucking kill somebody. And that day was my one opportunity to take them all again, you know, mm-hmm. thank kill anybody, but we were so fucking close and I fully hold myself responsible for that. And I'm not using it as some kind of crazy mental PTSD moment or some bullshit like that. I'm just using it as whenever I start getting lazy, whenever I start thinking I figured it all out, I go back to that day, you know, which is shit. It's more than 10 years ago now. Um, I go back to that day and I'm like, yep, Get your head back on straight and make sure you're dialed in and you can do this. So you're going to get find out, man, found out. If you're fucking around in an engineer's seat as a fat, lazy piece of shit, redundant pile of protoplasm, you're going to get found out and you're going to kill somebody. And it's the only spot in our job, in the fire service, where our direct actions will kill someone. Absolutely. You know, when we're firefighters, we're on the hose line. Yeah, we can fight fire. We can get in there. But, man, you know, you're driving that rig. 
you lose a, a second of focus and you're up on the sidewalk, you run somebody over and kill them. You don't pay attention to a red light and you blow through an intersection. You hit a car, you kill them. You don't know how to get into pump gear. Don't know how to get into pump gear. And man, there are people out there that cannot get into pump gear. You're going to burn somebody or kill them. So anyway, I take this job very seriously because of that day over a decade ago where, where I almost killed somebody. Yeah. Well stated. I mean, <laughs> I have I have this thought in my head all the time whenever I hear new guys uh trying to already figure out how they can get up and drive. They're reading yeah. they're reading uh fire apparatus books and don't 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 take it and I, I want you and people listen, don't take it wrong. That's okay, but not when you're like year two, year three in the fire service. No, take your time, learn a, the job in the back because we have we have people that in this field that want to drive but mm -hmm. can't even pull a freaking cross leg correctly. Right. You well, know? remember, we are all firefighters, no matter what our rank is. That is what we're expected to do. And regardless of your rank, you should be training as a firefighter. Right. Yeah, the guys in the back seat are probably better at pulling a line than I am. Right. But they're younger, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. But uh, <laughs> I'll pull hose with them all day. Mm -hmm. They they better be ready to compete because I intend to I intend to beat them if they're if we're on a clock. Yeah, no, not I, gonna because I'm old. But you know we're gonna compete for that spot. No, I get it. I get it. And and it's just it seems to be because uh, you said you're fifty. I'm thirty eight. So when I was being brought up in the fire service, it was oh. To drive a truck cool and then i'd have people surround me going you're not there yet don't yeah. worry about it and i'm like uh -huh. okay i got it and then when i got to that point it was okay driving is more than just going up and down hitting the queue lights and sirens like mm -hmm. you said red lights curbs pedestrians mm -hmm. knowing how to get your truck and pump gear yep. and it was different back then because the 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 driver you know, was known for just staying at the pump panel. Now with the fire service today, and depending on your staffing level, the driver is more than just sitting at the pump panel. It's throwing ladders, pulling additional hose, getting equipment, making sure the damn truck goes into pump gear. Uh, yeah. So many, so many facets now of, of than just sitting at the pump or standing at the pump panel. Well, and, Dan, I'll tell you this, Danny, it's, it is a, I think it's a nationwide problem issue challenge we got guys driving rigs that can't even get a can't even get water you know i mean that is something and, and man we work on this a lot i preach it all the time people think i'm weird we suck as a, as a fire service we suck at getting water absolutely suck um and that engineer especially that second do engine that is their job that is the only thing we're there to do Everything else is secondary, and we can't get water to, to fire engines, man. But that engineer, they should be able to do that by themselves, whether it's pulling up and spotting on a hydrant or pulling 200 feet of LDH. That is something that you are expected to be able to do by yourself. And again, if you're hiding out behind that steering wheel and you can't do that, you're going to kill somebody, man. You have to be able to do that. And if you're incapable of doing it, whether you're too old or you're too slow or you're too fat or you're too dumb or whatever, then find another fucking job, man. 
you know, find something else. But you look at just about every line of duty death after action report, one commonality, man, is trouble with getting water. Mm -hmm. And we do that since the academy. And then we get out online and people forget how to do it, you know, and they forget we tabletop it. Oh, we'll just get this water supply. You know, we'll just lay in or we'll, we'll hand jack or we'll split lay or whatever we'll do, man, a hundred foot section of five inch. That's what we use. That's a hundred pounds. You know, how many guys can drag a hundred pounds around in their gear in an effective amount of time before you cavitate or before somebody gets burned up? Try it. I challenge everybody listening, try it and see, you know, if you're, if you're still the Billy badass, you think you are. You know, it is yeah. fucking, it is fucking humbling. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an important role. It's, it's a role that goes unrecognized mm-hmm. sometimes because if a fire, if, if, if you have a fire and everything goes right, nobody ever looks at the driver, the engineer, but right. if something goes wrong and they're like, Hey, where's my water? What's going on with the water? All eyes are on the first in driver. 100%. I totally agree. No one cares what you're doing until you fuck up. And then everybody cares. Mm-hmm. It's not the chief in command. It's not your officer. It's you. And not only that, you're going to get hung up, man. And you probably should because it is, it is your job. That is in your job description. Not only are you a driver, you are an operator. You have to be able to operate that pump. You have to be able to get water through that pump. You have to be able to get your your uh jacks out you have to be able to operate that aerial if you can't get your aerial to a roof or a fourth story balcony or whatever you need to do then you're in the wrong spot dude you're in the wrong spot right i agree i agree and i i i don't want to i don't want to throw blame but i will say it's it's a disservice on our end where we are either because we're too short or we don't have the the experience or enough people for the position where sometimes departments are taking the one, two, three year guy, teaching them the basics of, hey, this is this is just how you get your water, but we're not teaching them troubleshooting. Listen to the truck. The truck will tell you if it revs up too high, like, you know, the, those those um, mechanics of I feel like some of that's not being taught anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, I would definitely say that we're pencil whipping actors to drive, which we're just setting ourselves up for failure for a catastrophic incident where someone's going to die. Um, and I'm not saying that that program, I agree with you, but I'm not saying that program's a bad idea as long as people take it seriously. You know, and you know as well as I do, day in and day out, what does the engineer do? We get up, we drive to the call, we drive back. And it is very easy to lose focus and just do that and get into that rhythm, you know, and as long as nothing happens, you're doing your job. And I'll, I'll say it again until, until shit hits the fan and you need to be able to perform. So yeah, we need to take it more seriously for sure. 100%. Um, with, uh, which, cause you, I'm, you, I know for a fact, you're not the only one, but, when you get your, for lack of words, when you get your shit kicked in, when you're running yeah. 15 plus calls, how yeah. much harder is it to focus? Like you, you know, you're, you're driving a, whether an engine or an aerial, you're coming back at night, 
Some of the guys might be trying to get a quick nap in before the next run. And, you know, you're having to keep your eyes open. Like, it's a lot. And people don't really realize how much, like, that's a lot of shit on one person. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, 100% the, the guys in the backseat are sleeping. Sometimes the officer's sleeping. You know, <laughs> and, you, know you gotta know your area and you have to that is your profession. That's what you signed on for. Right. Um, I know that I take in, I ingest probably more caffeine than I should for as old as I am, but that's what keeps me going, man. You know? Caffeine. Um staying in shape certainly helps, you know. Um, and just getting used to not sleeping. Um and staying, staying sharp, you know, it's always helped me to know that if I fuck this up, then I'm going to hurt my best friends, you know, mm-hmm. kill my best friends. And then I have to explain or face their families as to why they're dead. Because the engineer always survives a wreck, <laughs> you know, yeah, as a wreck, yeah. everybody gets injured or killed. And the engineers always, always survives to live with the guilt, the shame and the mistake that he made. And that's what keeps me motivated. You know, it doesn't matter if the guy's 22 years old in the back seat and, you know, he doesn't have a wife or family or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. My job is to keep them from getting hurt because I was an idiot, you know? Mm-hmm a lot to handle it's a lot to handle you're not just driving your 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 friends around you're driving their whole fucking families around you know and again every day day in and day out it's pretty it's pretty benign but there are the calls where you have to be dialed in you know yeah especially in a congested metro area i'm sure i'm sure right you have to be anticipating what the drivers in front of you are going to do. And it's usually something that's completely stupid. You know, they don't, they never pull over to the right. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> they they think they can outrun you. They think that, you know, well, I'll pull it left and stop. I'll stop in the middle. It's, it's a shit show, man. You have to be thinking about that the whole time and staying sharp. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they do erratic stuff. Definitely. Like you said, they don't pull the right. Sometimes how they just stop right there in front of you. Like, Oh yeah, this big truck can stop on a dime. Sure. Absolutely. And it's not their, it's not their fault because very rarely do people know you're even there. They can't, they can't see even with all the lights that you could put on these rigs, man, people still can't see you. Can't see you. They can't hear you. I mean, how many times have you been driving in your car around your neighborhood and then all of a sudden this fire engine shows up blaring lights and sirens i'm like holy fuck where'd that guy come from right. you can't hear him. we can't hear him so you have to definitely give you know we we yell at him and we swear at him and call him morons and idiots and everything you have to give him the the benefit of the doubt right right you know uh the 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 reaction time for a well-rested sober driver is almost two seconds you know, and if we're hauling ass down a street in two seconds, by the time they even realize that we are there and they have to make a decision, we are past them. So we have to give them that. We have to give them that benefit of the doubt and plan for them to do something ridiculous. You know? All right. Yeah. No, you're right. absolutely right. I can't argue there. And I'm sure most drivers that have been doing this for, for a long time are all agreeing with you. you I, I know for me, like I, I, so. I drive. <laughs> 
I drive defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just you, you got to. You got yeah, to. I'd like to teach that we drive with purpose. You know, if we drive, I mean, defensively is obviously the best, but if we drive defensively, other drivers are going to take advantage of us. Other drivers, we have to drive with a posture that says, I am here, this is mine, get out of the way, right? right. But you don't run up on people and force them into that. That's right. Yes. Right? Definitely don't do that. Yes. We don't push car. I mean, we don't, we don't push cars with our lights and sirens. Um, very rarely do we really have to get there, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, structure fire and we got jumpers and all that. We need to get there. If it's a legit medical, we have to get there, but you know, the stub toe, the guy's been drinking all day. You, we all have those calls. I'm not going to haul ass after that guy. Right. You know? Right. Light sirens. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, you drive with a posture that this is my street. This is how, you know, get out of my way. And I am not giving you an inch. You get, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, I agree. I agree hundred percent with you. And I mean, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to remain humble and, and know that humility plays a important role in life. So mm-hmm. I could tell you my first actual ever working fire when I was driving you ever, I'm sure this has happened to you. You ever get where you're the, your leg that ha, that's on the accelerator is bumping up and down and you're like, okay, like what's going on here? You get a little excited, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am the exact opposite. I am not humble at all. <laughs> I'm super proud of myself. You know, if it's game time and we're going to win, I want me on the field. I don't want anybody else on the field. Okay. You know, right. And I, I actually think that that attitude is what makes a good driver. You know, I'm in charge of this big red bitch. Everybody get out of my way. And it keeps me, it keeps me in check. I know it's weird to say that, but if I'm out there running my mouth all the time, telling everybody how great I am and how awesome I am at this job and how I do this and how I do that, somebody's going to call me out on it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Am I truly as good as I say I am? Because now I got somebody who's challenging me. Right. Can I pull hose as fast as that guy? Can I drive this driving course faster than him? Can I do all of these things? Can I get a pump gear better than him? Can I get LDH in place better than him? That is how I keep myself in check. It's through a giant ego and attitude and other people will challenge me. And sometimes, sometimes they beat me, but it's not going to, I'm not going to be humbled by it. You know, that's just me though. I want people to see me on TV. I want to be in the fucking pictures. I want to be in the newspapers. I want to be in the magazines. I want the medals. I want the letter jacket. I want everybody to know that I'm better than you. That's just my attitude. Hey, I like it. I mean, it works for you. It's. I tell you, it's awesome. I like it. I like it. You know, some people might see it as being arrogant, but mm-hmm. if you can back it up, then... A lot of people. A lot of people see it as, as, as arrogance. Um, and like you said, if you can back it up, um, and when we're training, sometimes I fall short, which means I can't back it up, which means Mm -hmm. I better get, I have to get better at my job. That's what keeps me sharp is me running my mouth and having to prove it all the time. So, and it takes a huge ego to do that. (laughs) <laughs> definitely no, no. It definitely does and I mean, it does like say, the wrong way it absolutely rubs people the wrong way i can see i can see it i can see it i mean well, I, I, can, I love it because like yeah. I, I can tell i would love because 
if, if I had you as my driver, to me, with with the the way you talk and your skill set, there could be so much I can learn from you. Well, I don't know if you could just if you were my boss, I would expect you to do your job as your boss, as my boss. Mm-hmm. I would expect you to hold me responsible for my job. Right. Right. You have that list of expectations that I should be able to do. And I should be able to perform those tasks and expectations without any further action from you. You tell me to do something and I do it. Right. Right. If I that as an officer, you aren't utilizing me to my bet to the best of my ability, then I'm going to have a conversation with you and say, Hey, LT or Cap, you know, I can do a lot better. I can do a lot more. Let me show you. I mean, as a boss, your job driving and riding in the engine is mapping us in, finding us the best tactical hydrant, and getting us into the getting us to work. And I will do the rest. You know, mm-hmm. I will make combat ready for that fire scene. You know, all you guys mm-hmm. got to do, whatever lieutenants do, I don't know, run around, make good decisions, you know, boss guys around with hoses, and I just make sure it all works. Okay. I don't want my boss to tell me what to do. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't like that really. I mean, I, I'll ask like, Hey, I'll, I, I'll ask the input. I do give him that. Like, do you want me to do this, that? And then after that, it's all right, it's game time and I'm going to go do me. Well, and, I know people have heard me say this before. I don't, yeah, I don't drive for people. They ride with me. That rig is my responsibility, 100%. And even if an officer, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful, those are just the fucking facts, right? Right. My bosses, most of my bosses don't, they never drive. And if they did, they certainly haven't been driving for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they ask me to do something or tell me to do something and I don't agree with it, I ask them once. I question them once. Like, hey, buddy, you sure that's what you want to do? I think we should do this. If they agree, great. If they say no, great. We're doing it your way. 100% their way. But when it comes to the rig and operating it, that is my world. And they're just a part of it. All right. Usually. Uh... Um, what are your ultimate goals, whether short-term or long-term? So currently myself and some other like-minded engineers, three years ago, we created an engineer development team. Okay. We, uh, we recognized a problem with, within our department that we did not have promoted engineers driving ladders and engines. We had actors, we had a lot of available seats for promoted engineers that we did not have the people to fill those spots. So myself and some other like-minded engineers created this engineer development team. It's completely voluntary. We don't get overtime for it. We, we just sit down with other engineer hopefuls and help them to be the best that they can be and successfully get through an engineer promotional process and get them into an engine or a ladder truck. So, and then we get to put our stamp on them, not our stamp, but we get to kind of mold them the way we think an engineer should be, whether it's a pumper engineer or a ladder engineer. And then we actually get to fill a seat with a person that we're like, you know what? I've taught them this. I've molded them this way. 
we know these this person is dialed in and now they're in the now they're in an engineer seat so we've been working towards filling all our engineer seats in our department working on engineer specific training and getting engineers stronger and better at their job so that has kind of been a short-term goal of mine and quite frankly it's a long-term goal i just want to make the position of engineer in our department so so awesome <laughs> that everybody wants to do it and that it's a competitive process okay you know so that when guys and gals go to take the engineers test you're not testing for 14 available seats you're testing for two available seats and when 30 people show up to that test number one and number two are going to get it everybody else is sol you know mm -hmm. so we're just trying to make our spot better okay and it's working you know, and everyone that gets promoted has done the work. They've worked their asses off. They've studied hard. They've performed well in the practicals and they've earned that seat. So uh, we're super proud of those people, super proud of the effort that they put in. And we are, we are really happy to be able to help them along in that process. Okay. Yeah. Our, our testing process had a 23% success rate three years ago now we're up to 78 percent oh so that's that's short term long term i just want to train engineers okay you know, maybe okay. It, it again <laughs> they help me you know because we're always in the books and new engineers are always thinking of shit that i never think of they ask me questions and i'm like well Here's why this is a bad idea, or here's why we do this. Sometimes they come up with shit that I've never heard of. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Let's figure that out. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's all of us. It just makes all of us better. New guys, mid-range guys, super senior guys. It keeps it makes us all better. So that's what I'm doing: short term, long term, training engineers. Okay. Yeah. Um, in your area, do you have to do any drafting? Not really. Okay. Not really. Um, we certainly have the capability to draft and there are some places way far out East in our city where we have ranches. Okay. Um, but we usually have tenders, but drafting is not, not a, not a big thing that we do. It's, it's one of those things where I, I used to know how to do it when I was back, you know, back when I was on a volunteer department, but it's one of those things. If you don't use it, you lose it. Cause oh, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I, I I still remember the concept, but if someone's like, "Hey, I need you to do," I'm gonna have to like think about that. Like, ooh, because we, we we have hydrants, right? And well, in our we have a deployable wildland team. Okay, sure, those guys are pretty dialed in on drafting, <laughs> right? You know, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'll I'll be the first to admit it. You know, I would have to watch the training video and go fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, same here. Because I mean, yeah. I, I, if somebody asks, I'm be like, I I, I'm gonna straight up tell you, man, I haven't done drafting in years. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just something we don't do. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in your opinion, what key elements or factors do you think are needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? There's only one. There's only one key factor. Fuck up at full speed. That's it. You know, 
if you don't know how to do something, read about it, have someone teach it to you, and then do it at full speed and fuck it up 18 times. Right? If you're brand new and your senior man says, let's go pull hose. I don't ex- I wouldn't expect a new guy to know how to do it perfectly. But what I do expect from him is to be doing doing it as hard as he can. Fuck up at full speed. That's it. That's, and, that's all there is to it. And then the only way to get better is through practice, right? Reps. Reps. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, if you're practicing and you're doing it perfect every time, you're not practicing right. You know, practice by definition is failure. You know, winning okay. is doing, winning is doing it right. If we're practicing, then we're failing. If we're winning, then we're getting the job done. Okay. You know, we're on the fire scene, we're winning. When we're at the firehouse, we're practicing. We should be fucking up and sucking and failing and saying, you know, swearing at our tools and swearing at us and questioning our manhood. That's when we're learning stuff. You know? Yeah. No, I like it. I do. Yeah. I like Fuck it. Up. That's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what would you say if you had a hungry, eager, motivated firefighter who felt like he was surrounded by a non-existent or complacent culture? That's a tough one. Um, I have been super fortunate to never really experience that. Okay. But I would also say, and I know that in in my situation, I work for a relatively large department. So if I don't like something, I can work my way to a place that's work better. out, right. Um, and I know the majority of the fire service is not like that. The majority of the fire service is small town, uh, volunteer, smaller outfits where they just can't do that. Um, as a new guy, rather than complaining and bitching and moaning about their crew or their situation, I would be out in the bay working on stuff by myself. There are very few shit bags in this job. Very, very few. There are very few shit bags. There are very few cowards. And I believe that even if you're the youngest guy and you are out there messing around with stuff, you're going to draw attention to yourself. And whether it's a guy's going to come out and say, hey, what are you doing? Or a guy's going to come out and make fun of you. Now you've engaged him. Mm-hmm. and you and now you can get some work done you know i'm not saying it's going to happen overnight either right but you can you can certainly have an infectious work ethic an infectious curiosity until you've got everybody on board you know Mm -hmm. that's what i would say you know keep your nose to the grindstone keep working it will pay off somebody will notice and they will join you you know, okay. I mean, similar to how you and I hooked up, right? You didn't know me from anybody. You just reached out and said, hey, dude, what do you think about doing a podcast? And what happened? I agreed. You know, I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. You didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. We just met halfway and now here we are. Right. Right. No. Yeah. Right. Oh. But don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Don't bitch and moan. That stuff is a cancer, man. You know, just be cool, be happy. We have the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of, I had 
a real job. It fucking sucks, man. <laughs> I had one too. Yeah, I, I can I can attest to this. I know, there, but it seems like the younger and no fault to them, but we got we got people coming straight out of high school or right out mm-hmm. of college that have mm-hmm. never had a eight to five. 40 hour work week job where you're either working at a grocery store or working at a factory or warehouse. And you know, they, they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And where, where there's not another job where you get to live with your best friends for a third of the year, where you get to hang out with your best friends and drive around town, you know, going fast, going to calls, fixing problems, just having a blast, you know, no single day is the same. You're just hanging out with your buddies and taking it as it comes. It's it's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing like it. So when you're down, when you're down and feeling like a piece of shit, and your crew doesn't love you or whatever, just go back to the basics. Everyone will pay attention and get back on board. It doesn't take much. It really doesn't. I a few years ago, I had somebody on another shift actually come to me and say, "Hey, buddy." You know, your crew seems to be a little complacent. And after I got over the initial shock of this guy, you know, talking to me like that, I'm like, okay, how can I fix that? So I, I looked at it and and I, I realized that he was right. Yeah, my, my crew had become a little complacent. So I just like, after lunch, let's do 30 minutes out in the bay. I don't care what it is. You know, let's pull something out and let's fool with it. Let's... You know, let's pull out our winch. Let's pull out our grip hoist. Let's pull out our master stream and just see what happens for 30 minutes. That's it. And man, it didn't take more than two days where the entire crew is out there fucking around for three hours after lunch. And and all of a sudden we're training again. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, remember, it's a great job. It always is. Don't let the cancer of complacency and, and shitty attitude set root. And remember, you're working with your buddies. You know? Right. Yeah. I uh, I have to agree with that 100%. No, and I, I will. Buddies feel the same way about it. Right. They're just waiting for somebody to step up. So. All right. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think? What's one thing the American Fire Service can improve on? Oh, man. That, you know, let me ask you a question. Sure. What's what's the number one killer in the fire service? Number one killer. Uh, I am going to say, well, to me, number one killer is health. Yeah, right. Health. I would say it's. I would say it's our our. Uh, Morale is the number one killer right now in the fire service. Um, And I don't know how it is where you work, but when we show up on scene, people don't trust us anymore. You know, they see us as part of the problem of what's wrong with their city, their town, their government. You know, we show up and they're like, oh, did this just get better or did it get worse? Cops and firemen are experiencing that right now and it's killing our morale and it's killing our hiring numbers. You know, mm-hmm. the heaviest thing that we carry on the fire ground is that American flag on our shoulder. That is a huge responsibility, you know, and we've got people 
who, and rightly so, have seen got people on the you know, seen people on the news fucking up at this job, and it's caused, you know, it's caused some tragic, some tragic incidents, and they don't trust us, and they see the U.S. flag as a as a as a symbol of, of uh, you know, whatever fascism, uh, Nazism, whatever. So when we show up on scene in uniform and we've got that U.S. flag on our shoulder, man, we got to We just got to remember that that we are representing. You know, we are representing mm-hmm. the U.S. <laughs> I know that sounds really fucking rah rah and, and go America, but we have to we have to bring trust back to the people that we serve, so that our morale improves and that people want to come back and do this job. You know. And that's that's a heavy load to carry. Right. But when we're out there and we're having a shitty day and we bark at somebody and we're wearing the flag on our shoulder, now that person thinks, well, there's just another fucking jackbooted thug with the US flag thinking he's better than me. That's what I think is a big problem that we're facing right now. Maybe get back to being, you know, the sweethearts <laughs> in this country rather mm-hmm. than the fucking you know, yeah, yeah. and it, I mean, it, it is tough when you're running the same shitbag calls every day, right? That attitude, right? But I mean, we kind of it's kind of what we're getting paid to do. You signed up, yeah. That's the, not... you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that it's it's easy. You know, I am guilty of it too. We're like, oh man, this motherfucker again, right? Yep. Right, but. Now, more than ever, remember, we are representing a lot more than just the fire department. With as much news coverage as we get, with as much shitty news coverage as we get, we got to be able to rise above it and prove one person at a time that we are not what we're being made out to be. I mean, I think every, I think any, any fireman that's been doing this for a decent number of years hundred percent agrees with your statement because we have those, what I call frequent flyers who call us for the mm-hmm. same issue, whether yep. it's during the day, most of the time it's going to be after midnight for yep. something that's not really an emergency, but to them it is. And we have to treat it as such, but yeah, I mean, I, I will tell you, I've had thoughts where we pull up, but either if I'm driving or my engineer's there and he's driving, he pulls a park break. I'm like this motherfucker again. Like, <laughs> like damn. I mean, and, and and if you don't, you're lying to yourself. I, mm-hmm. I, I humble myself where I I tell you the truth. And mm-hmm. that's definitely happened where I'm sitting there. I'm like, damn, or we know we're sitting at the station. And then this call comes out. You look and it's the address and you're like, here we go. Yep. And But yeah, you have to remember, I always revert back to it as I didn't go to my fire department. And I'm sorry, my fire department didn't come to me. They didn't come knock at my door or call my phone and go, hey, do you want to work for us? I came to them. You signed up for it and right. and you took an oath. Right. And personally, after a lot of things that have happened with cops and firefighters, you know, whether it was through their actions or it was a it was an accident or whatever, I've gone back and I have reread the oath that I took, you know, and I found that I had strayed. <laughs> right. I found from the words that I promised that I would do in front of, you know, the judge, my family, God, 
everybody. So I would encourage people maybe to just get a hold of you, the oath that you took and reread it and see exactly what you promised you would do, you know? And, and we, we all, we all, we're all guilty. Like I said, I know I'm guilty of it and you know, I want people to, I just want at the end of the day, people to actually just be humble to admit that you have, because if you have, if you, if you tell yourself or you tell others, Oh, I've never felt like that. You're fucking lying to yourself. You're right. lying. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent lying. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just like you I said, mean, there is a reason that they don't call. Well, maybe they do, but the badge that you wear on your shirt is actually a shield, right? We, we took an oath to put ourselves between the people that we serve and the danger that they face, whether it's through fire, uh, medical emergency, uh, behavioral crisis, whatever. We decided that we'd pick up that shield and protect them. Reread your oath and see if you're still following that, man. You know? Um, I know I do it, and I feel like a piece of shit sometimes <laughs> after I read it, because right. I... I stray. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, we all do, and, and you're right. The, the the numbers for recruitment are are are, are down. I mm -hmm. feel like certain areas, certain organizations might be watering down their process for people. Where certain areas are scraping the bottom of the barrel, and you know we're hiring people that really don't. They're they're just trying it. They don't really want to be in the service for the job that it is. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean sometimes you have to really just take 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 one moment and look at yourself in the mirror. And mm -hmm. if you're at the point where it's not for you anymore, then Hey, by all means, graciously bow out. It's okay. It is okay. You're right. As a matter of fact, I would prefer, I think everyone on the job would, if you are having second thoughts about what you're doing with your life on this job and you stand up and say, I am done, you know, I'm no longer helping people and I'm a danger to you guys. I think to a man, every person on the job would be like, thank you. You know, you're, you know, good luck. Um, and we respect the shit out of you for doing yeah. that. Yeah, I would agree with you. 100%. I mean, because yeah. I, I, we have we have people, I'm telling you, we have people right now that are riding rigs that shouldn't be riding rigs. Because <laughs> either either they are not mentally ready for the job, they're not into the job. And yep. all they're seeing the job is just, oh, I get to work 24 hours or 48 hours. I get to go to the gym. I get to work out. Uh, but they don't want to put in the time or the work to get better at the profession. And I tell you this, I would rather be short staffed than just have bodies on a truck. I'd rather run with just three, which are which is our minimum staffing. I'd rather run three than have a person on the back with me or in the truck, wherever their position is, that doesn't want to be there. Now, there's a guy on my rig, though. Uh, who believes that if we've got a bad person in the job, it's our fault, not theirs. And he will bend over backwards, busting his ass, trying to make those people the best fucking firefighter that he can, that he in his power to the point where he will sit them down and have a face to face conversation with them and say, listen, I've tried everything that I know how to make you the best firefighter I can. And you still suck at it. What can I do? Tell me what you need from me to make you a better firefighter. He wholeheartedly believes that it is not the person's fault. That is his fault. That they suck. You know? And I tend to agree with him. You know? A guy or a gal doesn't suck until we have exhausted ourselves trying to make them the best person that they can be. 
right? I'll agree with that. Right. And, and I healthier outlook because, you know, saying somebody sucks on the job, that is cancerous to your soul, to your morale. You know, that stuff will eat away at you. But if you actually feel like that you can, that you are in control and you can help that person achieve greatness, that, that does a lot for you, you know, and them. But what about if you try and the person just, they're just not it. They're not it. Uh-huh. You know, like, like what, what do you do then? That happens, right? So I had an experience with a guy like that, you know, and we busted our ass to help him every which way. And he just eventually left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he left. He went and got another job. Okay. But, but what I okay, no, go know, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We did not drive him out. We we worked with him mm-hmm. every and it you're right, it just doesn't stick. You know, and I believe that they will find that they they are not they are not for this job. But it's not because their skills are shitty. You know, what we do actually is not very hard. Right. Right. Having the fucking testicular fortitude to stand up and do it when it's dangerous, that's where the skill is, right? But dragon hose across the pavement or through a front yard or hooking up to a hydrant, making sure the threads match up or operating a wrench or whatever we do, that's not hard, you know? That's just training. That's just practice. We could teach anybody to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It's all in your technique and your, in your tactics. And for me, it's, if there is something that you can't do, find a way where you can do it yourself. And for me, it doesn't have to be the way the textbook teaches you. If yeah. if you can't do X, Y, and Z, but you figure out a maneuver or a way that works for you and you get the job done, hey, kudos to you. Like, I don't give a damn. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't yeah. have to be one way to get it done. Well, and as you age in the fire service, that's the only way you're going to survive. You know, I do not do the same. I do not do the things I used to do now. The way I did them, you know, I do not mm-hmm. haul used to. You know, when you are young, everything about the job is physical. Right. You're strong, you are young, your body can take it. But then as you get age, you're like, you know what, that there's probably a more efficient way to do this. And I'm going to work on that rather than just bulling my way through this. Absolutely. And you're starting to get smarter. So as your f- physicality drops off, your intelligence increases mm-hmm. um, and hopefully you can overcome it with your smarts and not your muscles. Not to say this job isn't physical. Yes. Yes. As, as you age, the physicality is going to change for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing this job does. One thing about this job that doesn't change is the physical nature. So mm-hmm. the way I look at it is I try to work smarter, not harder, but mm-hmm. in return, I also try to keep myself in some sort of shape where I'm I'm not a shit bag. You're right. Know? I mean, yeah. cause you, cause you can uh, kind of like, as you stated earlier with the person where if you try any which way to, to teach them and they can't get it, mm-hmm. I would like for at the end of the day for that person to go, okay, you know what? Um, I'm going to bow out and leave. But to me, mm-hmm. what happens most of the time is they go and hide. They go to yeah. a slow station. They go to mm-hmm. somewhere where, well, hopefully we never have this call here and they yeah. try to 
you know, do the rest of their career like that. And I think that's, that's, that's the trouble of it. That is the trouble of it. But I think when we started this conversation, you asked me, how are, how are things inside of my four walls at my station? Unless you want to drive yourself crazy. The only thing you can worry about is your four walls. The only thing you can worry about is the dudes, the guys and the gals on your rig. You know, if you start worrying about what's happening outside, you're going to drive yourself insane. You know, that's beyond our control. Exactly. If they're inside our station, we're going to do everything we can to make them the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Once they're gone. That's it. You know, they're gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm worrying about what's what I can control. Right. And I hope that doesn't sound like a shitty attitude. No, uh, to me, I but, agree with you because mm -hmm. as firemen, we want to we want to fix everybody's problems. You know, yeah. we, we start thinking about, oh, like tactical wise, why are we doing this and that? And it, like you said, it's going to drive you crazy. And yeah. you, like at the end of the day, I have now come to the mindset of I can control what's within the four walls of my station. After that, I don't care. And like you said, it might sound shitty to some, but it is what it is. But that's actually the attitude I think that every firehouse should have. You know, in my firehouse, we wholeheartedly believe that we are the best fucking crew in the city. And our neighboring station they wholeheartedly believe that they are the best fucking crew in the city. Every firehouse should feel that way. So that when we all show up at the same fire, everybody is proving that they are the best fucking crew in the city. And shit, dude, magic happens when everyone is so fucking cocksure that they know what they're doing and have trained and are just waiting to show it to somebody, you know, then you can really kick some ass. And when those people go off and hide, I hope that they go to a station. Yeah, it's slower, but they still believe that they are the best fucking engine company. In the but you know, it, that's not the attitude. But I know the area of the city that I work in, the surrounding engine companies that you know we're either second due to them or they're second due to us. Mm -hmm. I know, more. yeah, they're a bunch of cocky bastards. But fuck, am I glad they're there? Right. You know, right. It, they whether they'll believe, whether they want to admit it or not, when they see us roll up, they're like, "Fuck, I'm glad they're here," you know? Right. So, yeah. All right. Worry about four walls, and everybody else should too. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I I I have nothing else. I have nothing else for you, Zach. It's it's been awesome talking. Uh, to, to me, this is kind of like an engineer special type episode where hopefully engineers are taking notes and going, yeah, you know, this guy's right. It's my truck. Take pride in it. The damn thing's expensive. Mm -hmm. Fucking clean it. And, mm -hmm. But also know the tools, know how everything works. And for the love of God, hopefully you know how to get water. I mean, well, seriously. You know, that rig should be like your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, man. What happens when you don't spend time with your significant other? They fuck all your friends and they ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. if you're not paying attention to your rig and you're not putting your hands on it and looking at it and, and paying attention to it, it's going to fuck all your friends by breaking down, <laughs> mm -hmm. by not by not pumping and fucking your friends over, right? Right. So you should have an intimate relationship with your rig, man. 
Absolutely. No, I, yeah. I like I, I like the analogy because to, yeah. like all all of all of my rigs, anytime I drive it, it's a she, it's a girl, <laughs> it's a woman, and we, I, I, I name them. So, yep. yes, sir. Name your rig and treat it accordingly. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Zach, I appreciate you, man. I, I know you're dead tired. I appreciate you taking the time to do this, pal. It's been a it blast. Was, thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. I hope it was what you wanted. Absolutely. It was awesome. 100%. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.